You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream. This is AfterBuzz TV for the Secret Circle. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Secret Circle news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues, it's After Buzz TV for the Secret Circle! We're back! We are. We are. Welcome, welcome everybody to your After Buzz After Show for Secret Circle Episode 10 entitled Darkness. I am your host for the evening, David Skifalitti, joined by my lovely co-host, Billy Nellis. Hello, happy 2012, everybody. Same to you. It's a new year. It's a new day. It is. It's quite wonderful. (laughs) We're happy to be back here on Supernatural Thursdays here at After Buzz. We are. It's my favorite night of the week. Me too. I think think it's getting better. Yeah. Um, Now that we have Secret Circle. Yes. Back in our lives. It's back in our lives. (laughs) And I'm going to say for a coming after a, like, mid-season finale break. Um, this was a very strong episode. Same thing with Vampire Diaries. It was such a strong episode yeah. to come back with. They really... You could tell that it wasn't just a random break that, like, the the network imposed, that the, they, these were clearly separation points yeah. in the season. And these episodes, particularly, I think Secret Circle more so than Vampire Diaries, was yeah. meant to pull you back in in such a big way. And I think it really sort of spelled out what this second half of this season is going to mean. Well, finally. About. I mean, because I felt like in the entire first part of the Secret Circle, we were still trying to figure out who the actual villain was and like where they were taking the show. I mean, it, I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride, but it was still sort of like all up in the air. And I mean, it is the first season. Right, of, which is understandable. It's very understandable. Just they're figuring out what works and what doesn't. Right. And I think that now who works, who doesn't, right? Even more important. <laughs> and I think that now the you know the powers that be, the writers and and producers have sort of figured out what they want to do with this show. Um, and I think that's what we're getting right now, which I'm excited about. I am too, because I I was like, to tell you the truth, not actually looking forward to the season premiere, the mid season premiere for right. this show. I was actually kind of dreading where they were going to be taking the episode because last time the the season the end of the season excuse me last we saw um from before the mid-season break um jake's character had dropped this bomb on cassie that she has dark magic in her and he sort of just was taken away by the witch hunters right um and i was very pleased with where they took us this time around. Right. I mean, granted, they, they've they introduced another new character, which is always 
daunting to think that you're going to introduce a, a completely new character in the middle of the season, but I think it's actually going it it is helping to move the story along into a much better, stronger place. Yeah. Um I agree. But let's just jump right in. Let's do it. This episode much like the Vampire Diaries, which I thought was a very strange way, considering it's the same producers for both shows, to have both shows come back where someone starts with it in a dream. Right. <laughs> um, granted, Secret Circle, I think, was a little bit better than Vampire Diaries, where Cassie's dreaming about Jake, and I think um, it was a great way for her to just realize her potential within a dream. Um, but I don't really want to start with Cassie. Excuse me, I'm jumping all around because I'm a little loopy and it's been a while. <laughs> um, let's just start with Faye and Melissa. We see at the beginning of the episode, F- Melissa's still sort of like moping around after Nick's death. It hasn't been that, that long. long. I mean, I want to say, how long do you think it's actually been? Probably like a month, maybe two? Probably. I mean, we know on these shows, time moves so slowly <laughs> right. and differently than the real world. I mean, from the mid-season finale to this episode, it was only two days. Right. Yeah, so it hasn't been that long to really get over someone's death. And she's still moping around, and she's sort of like, "I." it feels weird to like move on with my life. Right, it she says like, it, it feels weird to to go back to normal. Like, it's, it's a slap in his face. Right. Sort of, like, it didn't mean that much. And Faye, the ever-optimist... <laughs> Is like, get over yourself. He'd be laughing at you. It's time to move into the real world. And I know the right way. And I mean, Faye always has ulterior motives. And we all know what they are. I mean, she just wants to have her magic back. And so, I mean, she's a little transparent. And I don't understand why Melissa just doesn't see right through her. And just for me, I feel like Melissa is this character that isn't needed. I mean, yeah. how do you feel about her as... As within the circle, I get that she's needed for some reason that we have yet to learn, but she sort of is like a secondary character to me that I feel like doesn't belong. Right. She's very, I mean, to to sort of compare it to the Vampire Diaries world, um, and if anyone's listening and doesn't watch both, I apologize, but she's very much like a Matt or an Aunt Jenna to me. Um, in the in the respect that she is not a character who really um, plays into the central story at um, all, at all, if ever. I mean, she did in the very beginning. It was great, you know. We saw her get infected with that that demon. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her sort of showcase episodes, and that was when we sort of thought, are they getting rid of her? Because we knew someone was dying, and they didn't end up getting rid of her, and they in fact ended up killing off Nick. Um, and now she's sort of fallen by the wayside. They've had her go away. Um, to get over his death, which is understandable, but it seems like you, it's lessening the impact of this character for us. Right, and like she went away to get over his death, and then they're starting out this season, she's still not over it. Right. It's, I mean, it, yeah, it's very, I want her, the moments in the episodes when she stands up to Faye, like she did at the end of this week, mm-hmm. are when I'm like, okay, I like this character, and I want her to do something. But they're not giving her anything to do. They're not giving her anything. I mean, with Diana... Adam and Cassie, they've given them the love triangle. triangle. Um, and Faye, they've just introduced a new quote-unquote love interest for her, what I'm assuming is going to become a love interest for her, where we see the two girls go off and try to find, and Faye's like, I ripped this page out of Cassie's Book of Shadows to figure out a way to get 
our individual magic back. Right. And so they go see this guy, Lee, who Faye finds on the internet, which is, you know, she might as well be reading Wikipedia. <laughs> right. <laughs> as like a source of like, right. knowledge. <laughs> oh, um, he's good. He's a witch doctor. He's good. He's the closest guy. Yeah. He's within a 50-mile <laughs> radius. It's got to be legit. Way to spread your net out there, Faye. And look for somebody who's actually going to be able to help you. Right. Of course, the, the, you would you would automatically think someone who really knows witchcraft is advertising it for real on the internet when witch hunters exist. Like no right. one would do. No one that. would do that. But then again, it is Chance Harbor, and everybody seems, seems to be, to be involved, whether or not they're a witch, or they're a hunter, or a hunter. <laughs> they have some connection, direct connection to quote unquote witchcraft. Right. And we meet the new character. Lee via Faye and Melissa, who is Lee LeBeck. Lee, he has a weird name. It was Lee LeBeck. Okay, I wrote it. Down. I'm glad you got it because I thought it got. It was spelled funny. Maybe that was just my eyes going yeah. wonky. It was L E. It was like L E B C Q U E, like LeBeck, like oh, like a French. Yeah, which is why he's in Voodoo. I get voodoo isn't really French. I know, but it's like one of those things that like you hear about happening in New Orleans that has like a whole French influence, okay. and you know, <laughs> yeah. All right, just go with me. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> He's a voodoo. He's a voodoo high priestess. A, he, <laughs> high priest. Excuse Billy. He is a high priest because he is a man, mm-hmm. not a woman. <laughs> and they go to see him, and he quote-unquote, performs this spell that's going to allow Faye to... How do I want to put this? Like, summon what she most wants. Right. Which we know, again, is her her magic. It doesn't work, of course. Right. And she goes back and finds out that he's using fake blood and... Chicken like feathers store from the like Halloween store <laughs> chicken feathers or something. Like everything about this guy is clearly not right. legit. But he says that he may not be the voodoo master that he claims to be, but his grandparents were. And he still recognizes real magic when he sees it. Right. And that he's going to help her do what she wants to do. And they can strike a deal because he wants something right. from her. And that's where we're left. What I think is really interesting, and you know, we talked about how how sort of um, tertiary Melissa feels. She's so outside of the realm. She wasn't really involved. Um, She's right. kind of just there as like a a random friend who's gonna like look out for right. Faye. But what I what I like what they're doing with Faye is I sort of you know we left the end of the mid season. We found out that Cassie has is a descendant of Balcoin. She has this dark blood in her, and we also heard that they're was another Balcoin child. Right. Um, who no one knows who it is. And, and we did sort of predict at the end that it would be Faye. Because um, her, her mother also had um, the same um, flirtation with, with the husband. We mm-hmm. found that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we did predict this at the end, that it, this whole thing is positioning Faye and Cassie to sort of be like the the sides, the factions of, of war towards the end of power and which one falls on dark and which one falls on light, I think is still to be left in the air. Because I think they're still leaving that who knows which side Cassie's going to fall right. on. Right. I mean, they're obviously trying to make us believe that Cassie will fall on the light and, and Faye, Faye will, will fall, fall on to the, the dark. dark. But I, I like that they're doing this. I like that they're setting up Faye as an adversary for Cassie um, and giving her that position because 
I think Phoebe Tompkins is really good at that's like her strong suit is playing that sort of the evil bitch, right? Yeah, um, and they She's were they were trying it. to soften her. I think they were trying to figure out which way worked best for the character of Faye in the first half. You know, we saw her sort of soften in, in dealing with Melissa after Nick's death and all of that, um, which was nice to see because it sort of fleshed out the character and made us understand her more. But I think we need we need this person to sort of be you know not to um, go back to more elute. Um, references to Vampire Diaries, but we need her to be like the Damon Salvatore of first season where right. we like them, but they're still sort of nasty and we don't know what they want. Exactly. I mean, had they, had had Faye, excuse me, be this huge bitch the entire first half of the season, there's no way that we would feel for her or want to fight for her in this season if they are going to end up pinning them up against each other. I mean, everyone's clearly going to want to vote for Cassie. Cassie because she's like the sweet, innocent, bright-eyed, blonde-haired girl when right. Faye would have just been like the raven-haired bitch. <laughs> right. I mean, not every brunette is an asshole. No. <laughs> They're not. They're not. We're not. We're not. <laughs> we can be. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I'm I'm liking where they're taking Faye. I don't know what what point Melissa holds in this show, um, if she ever will. I think is is where I'm feeling. I think she's if she ever shall. <laughs> right. I mean, th- they leave a lot to be desired with Melissa. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is a shame because I don't dislike the actress. Um, I I just I I sort of feel bad for her that she's like yeah <laughs> stuck as a series regular and not really doing much. Because um, I don't think she's a bad actress. I think that episode when she was possessed, she was did a she very good job with it. Yeah. Um, I think she's fully capable. I just I don't really know what they're trying to do with her. I mean, I guess when it comes to that, it's something that we're just going to have to wait and see what's yeah. going on. I mean, I know that they introduced some of her family. I mean, we met her cousin for one episode, which was weird. It was very strange because he was supposed to, that character was supposed to come back and play. Right. They talked about that. It was supposed to be a big presence and... I mean, he was hardly a presence in the episode he was in. Right. The actor, I felt, I don't know if it was a miscasting thing, because he felt very blah to me. I didn't Did he? connect with that person. I felt, I, when he showed up, he felt a little out of place to me, is what it was. Yeah, it just didn't connect. It didn't work. And I think maybe that's why he hasn't, he come, hasn't back. come back. <laughs> maybe we should have another cousin we can meet. Or like a, a long-lost sister. <laughs> Someone. Like a half-sister. Who will work a little better <laughs> than that guy did because it didn't work for me. It did not work. I mean, I think they're just at the end of the day, they're sort of – her storylines are starting to begin. She doesn't have her own storylines at this point, and I think they're just sort of writing her out. Right. I mean, and, and it is the first season of a show that – relies heavily upon mythology and so I think that that's to be expected I, I mean yeah. you know you any sort of show like this you're you're cast I mean look we saw we, Nick was in the main cast and he died within three episodes I think that it's just sort of what you get um, in a show like this in its first season when yeah, they, they don't need really to know work out the kinks work. yeah um moving on from Melissa and Faye who had a sort of like a B storyline this week yeah definitely um and I think we should move right into to Don and Charles and and Charles's mother Kate, who we meet this week. Yes, um, who plays Grandma Kate, who is tough as nails. <laughs> I want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I'm going to balls to the wall. <laughs> like biatch. I I don't know if I would call her a a bitch. 
I mean, I think she came in very... She is rough, man. She, I mean, yeah, she's tough. I mean, especially in the second half of the episode, we really saw what she's capable of. Right. Um, but I'm still... I mean, we sat there and I, I mean, I looked at you and I was like, is she good? Is she bad? Like at the end, I didn't know what to think about Kate. And yet. I think that's the whole point is that yeah. they're trying to like set up another person. I mean, we have Cassie's grandmother who wasn't in this week's episode as we found out she's away at a healer yeah. and is having who we find out from Kate neurological problems. But with these older characters, the grandparents of the children of the children in the circle and of the parents, they sort of have always been for us on this show the the history tellers. Right. And Kate seems to know a lot more than anyone else. She seems to be a lot more powerful than Cassie's grandmother was, than Henry was. And she's very aware of everything that's going on. Right. I mean, she was able to pick up on Cassie's power. The minute she met her. Immediately. Immediately. And, and she it- knew what something was going on with Don and Charles. And and we see Don and Charles this week having sort of like a power struggle. We've been seeing that all season right. long, but I think this it week... sort of brought it to a head. It did. Well, I mean, Don sat there face-to-face with Charles and said, we need to kill your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that firmly... If, what, that's if, not normal? <laughs> if anyone had been contemplating in what box to put Don. I think this was the week where we locked her up in the bitch box. And the evil, like the not good side. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she has a means to an end. We have yet to figure out what Don and Charles are actually trying to do. Right. I mean, I think they're... It's still so vague. It is, like, beyond vague. I don't understand. We know they want their powers back, but there seems to but be there, something else. There is something else. There has to be. <laughs> I'm just so confused as to what it is or what it could be is yeah. the issue. And we saw Kate tell Charles that Cassie's the one that they've been waiting for. Right. I think I wrote it down. She said yeah. um, she's strong enough to tip she the balance tip the between balance. good and evil. Which leaves me wondering which side she wants the balance to tip for. Right. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. And it it sort of felt to me like Kate was maybe like the leader of the elders in the way that she had so much more power than anyone else that we've seen has. Well, because if you remember um, Cassie's grandmother, whose name I can never remember. Jane. Jane Jane and Henry both had crystals when they were were doing magic. Mm -hmm. And Kate did not need one, from my understanding. We didn't see her use one. She was sort of able to just call upon the elements. Yeah. So she... Oh, how weird would it be if she was the other Balcoin child? <laughs> how would that work? It would have been like in the bloodlines, somewhere further back, clearly. Yeah. But I took it to mean that they're, that the father of Cassie had fathered Well, yeah, that's else. how I see it too, but it would be weird if she also had some sort of connection to that darker side of the right, magic. Which she still could and and also not be the other Balcoin child. Yeah, that's true. There could be other dark families. Yeah. Dark magic families. That <laughs> came out really weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we sort of see Don and Charles, as we were saying before, their power struggle has come to a head and Charles is sort of still trying to like assert his strength, I think, yes. with over Don and 
I for some reason I can't believe that he's ever going to ever be able to overpower her. Well, I think that we did sort of see that begin at the end. The entire episode, Dawn sort of just was laughing this off. Like she knew that she had this upper hand with Charles and um but at the end when they were in the car and he said, No, we're finished and she immediately changed her tune and said, Okay, we can we can come up with another plan. Whatever and she immediately wanted to compromise and he was like, No, we are get out, we're done. Like this is finished. Well that's because he has the crystal at the moment. Right. And without him, at this point, she has nothing. But at the same time, she seems to be the leader of the pack. Right. I mean, granted, it's only the two of them at this point. Right. But his, I mean, he he technically, though, is has the power. He has the crystal. He has shut her down on getting rid of her mother, his mm-hmm. mother, excuse me. Well, yeah, I mean, because he... Naturally. Whether or not he... <laughs> He knows if she's on the good side or the bad side. It's his mom. It's his mom. (laughs) Yeah. And he, I mean, we talked about this at the end of the mid-season before we went away for the holidays. Um, You know, after they had killed Nick, he was really starting to question whether what they were doing. He's he's growing the conscience, I think. Um, and he did, so say, he did say in this episode, I, I, we're not killing anybody else. Right. And she seems to have no issues killing anybody to get what she needs. And he's like, no, as a normal person would. As a normal person would, um, yeah. Is, is not down for that anymore. Well, it's just, it seems to me that Dawn has this sort of revenge track, whether it's not, rev- whether it is or it isn't revenge. She's sort of... Hell bent, like hell bent is... on the fact that like the elders took their magic away. She wants to punish them for it and get their magic back. Right, and she seems to think that the only way to do that is to get rid of the elders, get rid of anyone who stands in her way. Right, and Charles doesn't think that's necessary, and I think that's going to ultimately be the their driving conflict through the rest of the season. Right, I mean whether or not it'll. They'll ever let us know what's going on with the two of them is another thing. Right. But Kate seems to think that she, Grandma Kate, is sort of going to figure everything out. I mean, she already has to a certain extent and be able to be, I guess, a mediator Yeah, between everybody. I mean, we see her show up, and I mean, she's a grandmother. She's very glamorous uh-huh. for a grandmother. <laughs> yeah. And she sort of jumps right in. As soon as she finds out that Don and Charles are dating, quote unquote, she goes to Don and is like, I don't trust you. Stay away from my son. You've always had a habit of using people and throwing them to the wayside. Right. And I'm on to you. I know that you're doing something. Right. I mean, immediately we see her be this strong level-headed woman who means business in chance harbor yeah with the children in regards to them she plays a grandmother role and is do was doing the same thing that jane was doing at the in the beginning half of the season where she sort of is letting them know like sort of the history of their pasts mm-hmm it doesn't make any sense, but it does in my world. Because <laughs> we see on their history. Yeah, thank you. We see that Cassie is still struggling with her magic, um, and Adam 
wants to be her comfort. Mm-hmm. And he, at the beginning of the episode, after her her crazy dream where she kills Jake to with a certain eyes. extent with her eyes. <laughs> I mean, she closes up his throat and he starts to bleed through the mouth. I mean, just a little hint into her... What she thinks she can do. What she thinks she least. can do or what she can do, whether or not that was a dream or he was actually, you know, imposing himself into her dream, which I think is the greater question. She's sort of like flitting around tr- afraid of what she can do and she doesn't want anyone to know about her dark magic and she tells Adam reluctantly, who then inadvertently tells Diana. Well, doesn't even tell her. She sort of just happens upon him. Right. I mean, but researching what, and sees it. What does he think's going to happen if he's sitting in their like clubhouse <laughs> on the internet? Right. Their totally cool cabin. <laughs> their rundown house. I mean, we might as well just call it a clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It pretty much is. Um, he's researching black magic on the internet right again on the internet these people need to open up a book (laughs) I mean they have each other's books of shadows I mean they have two at this point he could do some research that way or he could go talk to his father I mean I feel like there's many other ways for them to be doing things other than on the internet right but they're so afraid to let their I mean they don't want to let their parents know that's like their big they're big things still at this point. No one, they don't want their parents to know that they've, they've figured it out. Right. So he won't talk to his father. Well, I guess that's true. He could get his father drunk and talk to him so he won't remember because <laughs> his father is the town drunk. Who we haven't seen in a while. And I really wish we would because I like Ethan. <laughs> I mean, they sort of keep him on the, on the sidelines. Which is so weird because he has such a heavy presence in the beginning and you felt like he was going to you know, have more to do and be like a thorn in Charles and, and Don's side. Um, I think we haven't seen the last of him. Though. I don't think so either. I think that the character itself needs to sober up before it can <laughs> be a part of the storyline. Right. It's because just, otherwise it's just, it's just like a drunk. That he was presented and then sort of very quickly removed. Yeah. Very weird. It is weird. To me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic. A little. Off topic. Lo and behold, the entire circle needs to be told about Cassie's dark magic. Right, because when Cassie comes in and sees, thinks that he has told Diana, she proceeds to choke him with her mind. The same way that she did to Jake in her dream. Because she's so mad. Uh, And she can't control the dark magic, clearly. It's just sort of run by her emotions. And later on in the episode, she is confronted by Kate who then tells her that there is a way to get rid of the dark magic and just to trust her and that there is a spell right and Kate takes Cassie out into the woods and (laughs) does creepy I mean as all spells go they have to be done in the woods with a coffin in the dark (laughs) in the dark on a windy night well they they drew the wind the wind wasn't blowing yet either way (laughs) She brought that. Whether or not she brought the wind. She brought the wind in her pocket. <laughs> it's still creepy. And Kate basically tries to kill her, which we then later find out. I mean, Cassie gets out of it. 
we find out that Cassie's a lot stronger than Kate anticipated her being, which is when we find out that she thinks that she is the what second coming or right. whatever they've been looking for. I mean, who knows how long they've been looking, looking <laughs> for this person. Yeah. And why? To and what And why they're looking for this person. Yeah. But she is the one who is going to tip the balance. And still, she said, Kate says that she was testing Cassie to see how strong she was. I just don't believe her for one second. Right. I feel like if she was testing her um, and didn't want her to die, she would have stayed there to see her get out. And if she couldn't get out, would have let her out if it was truly just a test. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if she really wasn't intending to kill Cassie, um, because if you're... If you're testing somebody to see how strong they are, you have to anticipate that they may not be strong enough to overcome this burial you've just put them into. Which, mind you, is the coolest spell we've seen done on the yeah, show. Yeah, that was a really far. great scene when the she like had all of the dirt pile up over that coffin. Was really so awesome. Done very very well. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's the biggest clue that this wasn't. I mean, it was a test, but she didn't really care about Cassie's fate. No, definitely not. I mean, whether or not she wanted Cassie to survive or if she thought Cassie could survive, I think that was completely irrelevant. And that at the end of the day, had she not survived, she would have eliminated the dark magic completely, which is what she wants to do anyway. We think. We think. I mean, who the hell knows? Yeah. But at the the end of the episode, we're sort of left with Cassie saying that her individual power and her dark magic is sort of something that scares her and frightens her and she doesn't know how to control it yet, but she likes it. Yeah, she likes the power. I mean, who wouldn't? As one would, right? (laughs) And we're also left with the big cliffhanger because we do see mid-episode, she tries to perform this attraction spell Mm -hmm. and, and we're led to believe that she's trying to call Jake back to town and the very last thing is he's standing outside the window watching. Dun, dun, dun. Looking so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he sort of bookended the episode. Right. He was in the beginning. He was in the end. Right. And now he seems to be back for real. Now he's back for good. Not just in yours and mine and Cassie's dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Zucker. Um, On that note, <laughs> I think we're going to head off to a commercial break. We're going to come back with your news and gossip. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds. Like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows. From Boardwalk Empire, to American Idol, to Vampire Diaries, to Real Housewives, and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. 
Thank you, After Buzz TV. After Buzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? After Buzz TV News. Stephanie Kramer enters the secret circle. 20 plus years ago, Stephanie Kramer was kicking behind and taking names, and she's still doing so when she joins the cast of CW's Secret Circle. Kramer made a lasting impression on audiences when she co-starred in the popular 80s crime drama Hunter as brassy LAPD Sergeant Dee Dee McCall, a strong female character who more than held her own with the series titular lead Rick Hunter, played by Fred Dreyer. Since leaving Hunter in 1990 and returning to the role of McCall for a short-lived revival in 2002 to 2003, Kramer turned down numerous opportunities in television until The Secret Circle and the character of Kate Mead. Kate is the com- is the mother of Charles, Gil Harold, and the grandmother to Diane, Shelley Henning, a, quote, complicated and strong arrival to Chance Harbor. Quote, she's a really interesting character to portray, says Kramer, when asked what made this role different from all the others she's passed on. To play this type of woman is really fun as an actress. I really do enjoy the process, and there's something about getting down into the skin of somebody who operates the way she operates that's enjoyable. Describing Kate as, quote, very calculating, she explains that her character is more than a little devious. She's a very competent lady. There's a lot of internal machinations that are happening. She doesn't tip her hand as to why she does what she does. She comes into the picture with a lot of information that the others are not aware of. That is part and parcel of what compels her to do what she does. Here's to hoping that Kate Mead has a long life in Chance Harbor, if only so that we can see more of Stephanie Kramer, a truly talented and classy lady as admirable as the strong women she portrays. Oh, Stephanie Kramer. (laughs) She has a very strange spelling of her name. It's S-T-E-P-F-A-N-I-A. I I have literally never seen that. In In my my life. life. (laughs) All right, so all of your favorite CW shows will soon be streaming on Netflix. Obviously, Netflix has had a bad run in the past couple of months in the press, but this is pretty cool. And another big move by the company, the CW has announced that they have signed a four-year licensing deal with Netflix in which 700-plus hours of CW shows, including The Secret Circle, will be available for streaming. We think this is actually a smart move for the network because it's not an exclusive deal, so they can also pursue opportunities with competitors, which may become necessary if Netflix continues their downward spiral. (laughs) Yay, Netflix! Yeah! (laughs) Hope we didn't offend anyone. Hope we did not offend anybody. Secret Circle FNL alum Gray Damon on possibly sexing up Chance Harbor and almost being Stefan Salvatore. When Damon read for the role, he went in with a gypsy in mind, but now he sees Lee having more of a rocker-slash-biker vibe. That's what I like about him. He's sort of a mixture of a lot of things, and he's not really definable if you're trying to figure him out, Damon says. Where will Lee's chemistry with Faye lead? That's equally up in the air. He says, quote, I hope that we bring sexy back. <laughs> I know, right? I will say that I think there's an attraction from one side and maybe the other, he adds. But even I don't know. How many episodes will Lee hang around for? I don't know, he says. I guess all you can do is cross your finger and hope a lot. TV fans may recognize Damon as wide receiver Hastings Ruckle on Friday Night Lights as the high school quarterback rivaling Jason Stackhouse's old records on True Blood. Where he shows his butt. <laughs> or as the recipient of Chloe's Kiss of Death 
on ABC's family now deceased Nine Lives of Chloe King. Mm -hmm. But they could have known him as the Vampire Diaries' Stefan Salvatore. Damon read for the role multiple times before patient and supportive producers, including Kevin Williams' who works on both TVD and TSC, cast Paul Wesley. He says, I think... That was a far better decision business-wise, Damon admits with a laugh. I'm not sure I would have been able to handle it at that time. There was a lot about the industry that I didn't understand, and that character in particular. Stefan's wise because he's a 100 years old, and when you play a vampire, I think it's important to play that wise angle, and Paul definitely has that wisdom and that young look, so he can play both. Now I could possibly do it, but then I wouldn't have been ready. I learned so much from that experience just auditioning for that, more so than any job. Wow. Well, we're glad to have him on Secret Circle, I think. Yes. Well, good news for all of the Jake-loving Secret Circle fans out there. Chris Zilka, who plays hottie witch hunter Zake on our favorite CW drama, has been promoted to series regular, EW has learned exclusively. Zilka first came on board in the freshman series in October, and his character's budding romance with Cassie, played by Britt Robertson, quickly struck a note with fans and us alike, many of whom found themselves torn. Cassie also has, you know, her ongoing back and forth with Thomas Decker's Adam, which I'm not as into. (laughs) I don't think anybody is. Zilka tells E.W. that even though he was originally slated to appear in eight episodes, he always saw the potential in the character. Quote, I thought he was the bad guy, but he had all these redeeming qualities that were under his tough skin, he says. But this role was also a bit daunting. Quote, I was most nervous about debuting after the death of such an iconic character from the books. What Lewis Hunter did as Nick was really wonderful. So what does Zilka's imminent stay mean for all involved? I guess we'll have to stay tuned. And our last little bit of news and gossip is that Gail Harold has a feature in TV Guide in next week's issue. So go out there, all you Secret Circle fans, and buy yourself an issue of the TV Guide if you haven't yes. already. It's their um, five things about me piece. I already read it. Oh, um, that explains that I can think of more than five yeah. reasons. Can you? It's a good little interview with Gil. Okay, so go out there and get it. And that's your news and gossip for the week of January 5th, 2012. Mm-hmm. And now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> um well next week we what see what did we see for next week that ah. Faye there's a dance and Faye brings Lee and they mention something about wanting to take Cassie's power right so I really think we are furthering this build up that we did predict and I, I think we're going to be right in this I hope we are because I hate being wrong <laughs> <laughs> no I think that there is no way that they couldn't they didn't like they have Chris Zilka coming back they have Jake coming back who's obviously now going to be falling in love with Cassie it's going to be her ultimate love interest right. despite the fact that we do have Adam she's going to end up with Jake who's going to teach her how to harness her good magic and make that sorry um, stronger than the dark magic and then Faye trying to tap into Cassie's dark magic and steal that with the help of Lee. I mean, it all sort of just makes sense. Right, the blondes against the brunettes. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, though. The preview, I am, too. The, the preview, preview got me great. really, really excited for next week. Yeah. Which is awesome. I'm excited that when, when they were in the dance and Lee had his arm around, that brief second when Lee had his arm around Faye and they both looked just so evil and so nasty. I was like, yeah. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> like this is what Some I've been tension, waiting for right? the secret circle to be. Yeah. I mean, each episode um 
as on its own has been very good in the first half of the season. They were always really intense, but everything it was always sort of resolved by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like a sitcom. Right. And there was no, I mean, there was sort of a through line in Charles and, and Dawn, but with the kids, it was like they had something new to deal with. First, they had like the demon that was possessing them and um, then the witch hunters. And then we sort of ended our mids um, first half of the season. Right, And I think that the, I think it has a lot to do with the writers and the producers finally figure figuring out, out where they want to go, where they want to take. And I'm happy this season. is where they've decided. Me too. I am. I'm, Give us like a clear cut villain, good guy. Give us the sides. <laughs> let us choose one. And let us watch him fight. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. Anything else? I'm just so. I mean, <laughs> I I remember talking about this last year. Oh my when god! We, I, that's so weird to say. Last year. Last year when we were ending the first half of the season, and you know, we talked about how we still don't know which side Cassie will fall on. Right. And I'm so intrigued. I mean, it is very possible that Cassie could still fall on the dark side with the the help of Jake, but I just feel like with your main character in your first season... It'd be so cool, though. (laughs) It would be awesome if they did that, but honestly, I don't think that they would. I mean, I just keep thinking back, there was a a show on the BBC... Um, in the UK called Hex that was about witches that were like at this boarding school and their mm-hmm. main the entire first season their main character was sort of like a Cassie like character she was figuring out her witchcraft um, and you thought she was like the good girl and then the end of the first season she died and the whole second season had nothing to do with her and had to do with everybody else and I think that's just so bold and I sort of it's very ballsy I do. sort of had an idea like, how long did that show last it, it was on for a couple of seasons oh, I mean wow. the, but the, there's so many different rules in the UK they don't play like the way American TV does right um, but I sort of was like if Cassie went dark that would be such a cool thing like she goes so dark and she has to sort of like off herself to save everyone else I mean it would be amazing if like they ended this season where she was dark and the whole next season she was trying to like redeem herself or the circle was trying trying to get her back get her back yeah yeah that would be amazing that'd be cool she doesn't she doesn't have to die but I'd like to see her for a good arc be not the hero the anti-hero yeah I think it'd be interesting that's what I want dear Kevin Williamson (laughs) although I think they are close to being finished filming Oh, well. With the first season. We'll have to wait and see then. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> and so will you. Yep. So from everyone here at After Buzz TV, myself, David Skifalitti, Billy Nellis, Phil Svitek, Maria Menounos, <laughs> and Kevin Undergaro, thank you for tuning in. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. Have a good night. Bye. Thursdays at 11 p.m. That's Pacific Standard Time. That right, is. David? So, thank you. <laughs> well, some people don't know, David. <laughs> Try to make it easier. Yes, and I appreciate that. Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But if you can't watch live, you download us, us and tell a friend. iTunes. And subscribe. For Please. free. For, For free. free. It's not like you have to pay it's anything. It's free. That's right. Nothing's free anymore. David gets all the proceeds. I get all the money. <laughs> all those clams. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.